a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, and a time for war and a time for peace. Let us pray. Lord, today I believe you have a word for everybody, because we're going to talk about a, a, a cycle in life that is unavoidable, and it is the reality that things change. And so now... All across this congregation, may our hearts be open to hear what your spirit is saying to us. And most importantly, may we respond to it. Or may may we be ready and willing to accept what you are saying to us in such a time as this. This is your word, Lord, and I pray that you would anoint it and empower us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um. Today won't be the most uh, exegetical sermon I've ever preached. I don't even know if, if, if the word exegetical, so if you want to sound smart, exegetical just means a word that comes, that means you preach out of a text. You don't try to add anything to the text of Scripture. You preach a text and dig into it and examine everything around it and then conclude with how it applies today. Today is going to be uh, something that I know that, that all of you have gone through. It's something that I see happening to many of you. It's happening to you now, whether you want to admit it or not. It's happening to many of your family and friends. Um, And it's something that I know is happening to me. Similar theme as last week. Last week I challenged all of our fathers to be fully present today. And if you want to give the concise uh, point of today's message, it is expecting change. Now... In the news, if you read the monthly um, this morning, I'll just kind of give the brief on, on what that shares. It's, I had something kind of different happen to me. So I went, May 11th, I left the country for a couple weeks. And it was, it was kind of, I don't know if you remember how the April was daggone cold this April. We had a lot of cold days. In May, it was still a little rainy and still kind of cool outside. And I go uh, to Germany, and it's um, basically in the, like 65 is the average temperature every day. And it was perfect for all the walking and everything we do. So I get on a plane and come back home, and it's like May 24th. My kids are out of school uh, for the summer, and I land in, in Columbus, Ohio, and it says it's about 90 degrees. And I came home, and it was like, surprise, it's summer, and it is stinking hot. And you guys know it has been stinking hot ever since, except for yesterday. Yesterday, we were just bragging, like yesterday was overcast. It was the first like pleasant day we've had since that point, since that end of May. It has just been stinking hot. So for me, just that little experience of being in another country and coming back to my home, it was like all of a sudden the seasons changed and, and that quickly, and it was like a shock. It was like a surprise, like, wow, it's summer now. And the, the, the ebb and flow of life and everything had already changed. And so that was the experience that I had physical, with the physical seasons. But now the question I want to ask you today is I wonder how many of you have had that moment in your life where all of the sudden 
you found yourself in a new season. Almost as if it took you by surprise. See, what I'm talking about today are those moments when you wake up one morning and something important to you has changed. Whether it's something that has happened to you or even just something that you have finally opened your eyes to notice. See, we could talk about these things for hours. See, there's, there's smaller things, like maybe you've noticed things in your house that need updated. Or what about that dreaded one? You realize, dang it, we need a new roof. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen someday. I just didn't prepare for it financially, and I'll stink. Here it is. We need a new roof now. Or maybe your car or your truck is now starting, the, tr- the car or truck that you've always loved it's now starting to need all kinds of repair. I mean, do we have any guys here that name your trucks? Come on. Does your truck have a name? Does anybody have a name a car before? I just want to know. Has anybody ever named their car? Yes. What's your car's name? Is it an old car? Was it a he or was it a she? It was a she. What made you decide to name it a girl anyway? It just felt like a girl. So what was her name? <laughs> what did you say? Okay, she didn't have to ask for directions. Okay. <laughs> so what was her name? Gigi. So you realize that one day Gigi is not going to be the same. Gigi's going to need a lot of love. Gigi's going to need a lot of work to keep her on the road. Something breaks down. This could be really sad. Maybe you've had an experience where you've had to put, a, put your dog to rest. Yes, that's the worst. Maybe something that equally as bad, a pair of shoes you've always loved, they fall apart when you're coming into church on Sunday morning, and you got to walk into church with bare feet. I, I know that that's never happened to anybody before. You know, <laughs> maybe you just... Um, Maybe you just looked at the world around you and realized, dang it, I'm just not that cool anymore. That happens to me every day, all right? I got, I got mad one time. That, but one thing that was encouraging is that this is about, I don't know, almost 10 years ago now. I was, I was working at, at a high school, and I was asking kids, so, hey, what's your favorite band? Um, and they started naming their, their favorite bands, the kids in school, about 10 years ago. They said, probably Metallica and ACDC. Dang it. No, those are ours. Those are from my generation. You need to get your own music, all right? No, like right now, pick a new band because those are ours. And so I was encouraged at least, at least what we grew up with was still hip and was still cool. But maybe you realize, maybe you have those moments where you realize you're not up to date. Uh, that, uh, or maybe the moment you noticed your first gray hair. That was hard, right? Um, Maybe you've noticed that you're, so we could talk about our kids forever. Our kids are starting school now. A season has changed. Our kids, have, our kids are in high school, are starting high school. Our kids are graduating high school. Our kids are getting married. Our kids are now having grandkids. Our grandkids are now having kids. You know, all across this room, I know you've gone through these experiences What about maybe some of your marriage relationships? Maybe you've had your empty nest depression or your empty nest celebration, all right? Those moments, or even about the moments in your marriage when you start to notice change, because this happens. 
You see maybe one of you is now driven more by your kids or one of you is driven more by your job or desires for intimacy increase or become smaller, whether they be social intimacy, emotional intimacy, or physical. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you've gotten a new job, and that new job just isn't the same. There's, there's good things about it, but the flexibility is different, uh, the time away from home. Maybe someone close to you has moved away, or you've lost someone close to you. Someone close to you has passed away, or maybe you've realized that someone close to you is aging quickly and things are just not going to be the same. See, this is really a list of things just compiled from life situations that I know of and some that I've experienced. And what's unique is that many of these things may sound sad, but most all of them are things that should be expected. Many of them I just shared, we can even predict when they're going to happen. We can almost predict to the date or when things like this are going to happen. But see, there's an ebb and flow of life that we get used to and accustomed to. Personally, I love a good routine. I love it when I have a good routine. And I tend, and maybe some of you are like me, where I tend to get in a funk when my routine changes, and now I have to figure out how to create a new one. That's just me. That, that kind of change in my routine messes with me. And so what I want to talk about a bit today is that there's a danger for a Christ follower, <coughs> excuse me, For when the ebb and flow of life is all that we see, when the way things are now becomes our own sacred cow and our routine and our list of things to do and and the things that we have to get done, when that is the only thing that we see. So I want to make this announcement over your life if you haven't already accepted it or realized it. The season is going to change. Things are going to change. Last week's message was about being not so consumed with tomorrow that you can't embrace today. So today, this week is about holding on so tightly to yesterday that you can't embrace today. See, there's some I see sometimes that are living like in this subtle state of denial that somehow what they deem as the good old days are going to come back again. And we're going to feel the way we did so many years ago. There was a great quote that came from a TV show last, that I shared last week, so I'm going to share it again uh, this week. Uh, I said, uh, I wish there was a way, I wish there was a way to know that you are in the good old days before the good old days have left. And see... This is the past, this is the, this is this thing that we always do. So last week I talked about being so consumed with preparing and, and anticipating the future. Today I'm talking about letting go of what is behind you and recognizing that things have changed and today is new. The seasons are going to change. And it does. When they come, they mess with something in our ebb and flow of life. And oftentimes we can be shocked, devastated, depressed, And often even ask God, why? See, what's funny is I don't know if I could have preached this message in my 20s. This has been something that that I've experienced more so in my 30s. Because when you're in your 20s and when you're you're coming out of high school and through your 20s, there's so much change that happens in your life that is on your terms and is expected. 
I expect that I'm going to graduate high school. I expect that I'm going to go to college or prepare for a career. I expect that I'm going to get a new career and then I'm going to start doing this. I expect that I'm going to get married. I expect that I'm going to buy. There's all these things that you kind of expect that are going to start happening to you. And all this change starts happening in your terms. But something different starts happening to us. I don't know if, if you, when you started experiencing this, and I know every one of you here do experience this now. I'm saying that because I don't see any 20-somethings in our crowd. <laughs> but, um, oh, I'm sorry, Leanne. Leanne's 29 still. But once you've reached about this point, change starts happening to you. You often don't get to determine it. You don't get to call all the shots anymore. It starts happening to you. Now, sure, there's some things that we can call the shots on, but you know that this, there is scripture for this. As I was studying, preparing, I came across the scripture that I've heard many times before and never completely understood what it meant. And then I, then I came across the scripture and it had so much new profound revelation to me. Right here, John 21, 18. This is what Jesus says to Peter when he reinstates him. And the text after this talks about how this was kind of preparing Peter uh, for the type of, of death he was going to die. But it says, I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. <laughs> John twenty one eighteen. So there's these new things that begin to happen to us where change begins to happen whether we wanted it whether we predicted it, whether we prepared for it or not. But what I'm wanting to tell you today is that these kinds of things are things that should be expected. We see these kind of examples all through Scripture. Joseph might be one of the best examples through Scripture. Joseph finds himself one day as his father's favorite child. The next day, he's, he's sold as a slave. One day, he finds himself as a slave. The next day, he's in a new season. He's the number two in Potiphar's house. The next day, he finds himself as number two in Potiphar's house. Next day, he finds himself in jail again and now having to figure out how to make life work inside the prison. And then, and then just a few years later, he finds himself the number two of all of Egypt and one of the second most influential person in all of Egypt. We see this in the life of Moses. Moses was living a quiet life out in Midian, and then he has a burning bush experience. So one day Moses is living a quiet life and now he's doing, being highly confrontational with Pharaoh and trying to lead all of the Hebrews out of Egypt. And so one day Moses is trying to lead all the Hebrews out of Egypt and the next day the seasons have changed and now this one man is, seems to be carrying the burden of a whole entire Hebrew race on his shoulders. Things had changed for Moses. Paul one day he's got papers and he's persecuting the church and killing Christians and feels as if he is ordained by God to be doing exactly what he's doing. And then the next day he has an encounter with Jesus Christ and he is a Christian. For Paul, the seasons had changed and he didn't even want that season to change. For Mary, the mother of Jesus, one day she's raising her son and the next, she's watching him be crucified on a cross. And in the next, she's watching him return resurrected. But hearing loud and clear the words that he says to her, Woman, do not hang on to me. 
It was Jesus' way of saying that things are not going to be the way that they were. Things have changed now. We are in a new season. And church, this is the message I want all of us to recognize. The, the recognize the new season that comes in our life. And see, we read about these stories in Scripture because they are stories of how God moved in their lives and how, and how what they did next in this new season is a testimony of men and women of God accepting change and expecting an unexpected, accepting, excuse me, an unexpected new season of life. So now, I want to talk to you a little bit about when your spiritual perspectives change. When something in your relationship with God changes. See, I've come to know this is actually coming from a bit of a different denomination than what our current church is, is that everyone has a different perspective about God and what he wants from us. Now think about this. Hear me out, because I'm going to share some things, and I want you to, you may even notice some contrast, even just with people in this room. See, there's, people have somewhere, somehow in them, they have this natural, wherever they picked it up at church, wherever they picked it up from their parents, whether they picked it up from the culture around them, everybody has like this natural expectation of what it is God wants from them. But oftentimes those things change. So here's some examples. God wants me to be a good person. God wants me to live a life that is safe and secure. God wants me to be kind. God wants me to be a provider. God wants me to work hard. God wants me to come to church. Or God doesn't care that much if I come to church. God wants me to be excited. God wants me to be solemn and humble. God wants us to make a lot of money. God, God wants us not to have a lot of money and hoard resources. God wants us to feel good about ourselves. God wants us to recognize our sin. You could say some of these things agree with each other. You could say some of these things contrast. My point is that many different people, even in this room, have different perspectives of what it is that God wants from us. Now, here's what I'm trying to get at to you. What happens when something there starts to shift and it starts to change? And all of a sudden, you're even in a new season in your spirituality. You're in a new season of your walk with the Lord. Now, here's what I want to tell you today, church, as I'm even getting ready to conclude here in just a few moments. I hope that this has happened to you. I hope it's happened to you because it is evidence of a living and moving relationship with Jesus Christ. Not only do I hope that this happens to you, but I will bet that if and when it does, if it already has or if it will, I bet these new perspectives of God, this new revelation of who God is and what he is calling you to do will probably happen at that moment or moments when you notice that seasons have changed in your life. See, it all works together if we will embrace it rather than resist it. Jesus said in Revelation that I'm making all things new. It's going to keep happening whether we like it or not. This cycle of change is going to keep happening. So here's, here is the application. Rod read the passage that we can gain our application from. John 15, 5 through 6. It says, I am the vine. You are the branches. 
If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. I don't really mean to put that last part in there. That's just part of Scripture. But the point I want to bring home is that we are called to remain in the vine. So here's what I want you to understand is there are two primary elements, the key to this, to to embracing the seasons and recognizing the seasons. There must be consistency and there must be an element of change. The element of consistency is real simple. It's remaining in the vine, continuing in this relationship with Jesus Christ. Whether it's the language I'll use is we're going to use the remain in the vine. Today you'll hear me use the language of keep coming to the table. Matter of fact, at this time, we're going to prepare for communion. I'm going to have our deacons, deacons at this time, if you can come forward. And Nick, if you can begin to prepare, um, begin to play some of that music. In just a few moments, we're going to begin and partake of communion. So that's the element of consistency, that we remain in the vine. We remain in relationship with Christ. We keep coming to the table. But the element that is changing is that our relationship with Christ will be evolving. We will grow. We will have new revelations of who God is. So let me be clear. God does not change. But your understanding of who you are, who he is, your understanding of the people in the world around you, and your purpose in all of this will change and will come with new revelation. If you can bring that down just a little bit, Nick. So if you haven't already accepted this, The seasons of your life are going to change. Stuff is going to happen to you, whether you are ready for it or not. Most of it, you've been given a heads up on. Your kids, your grandkids, your grandkids' kids, they're going to graduate. They're going to grow up. They're going to have new kids. There's going to be new challenges. As you get older, health is going to begin to fail in some ways. And as you've got everything in life the way you want it, something's going to happen that's going to change that. The seasons of your life are going to change. But why not let let today be one of those days where you recognize that, where finally you accept what today is and allow God to bring new revelation into your life. So that's exactly what I want to do before we take communion this morning. I want to just have a time of reflection. And so at this time right now, I just want you to to close your eyes for a second. We're only going to do this for about a minute. And I want you to take take a moment to think about the changes that have occurred in your life recently. Whether you were prepared for them, whether you weren't. And in these moments to think about how things have changed for you today. And now here's the harder part for a man or woman of God. If you will accept that change, that's what I'm asking you to do today. Accept those things. They are the reality. And now as you do, before we partake of communion today, will you let the Lord bring some new revelation into your life? Will you let him speak to you about how he's going to move in your life in the midst of this new season? Will you give him permission to move 
and speak into your life. Because oftentimes the reason we can't hear his voice is because we're not willing to accept the reality that we are in in the first place. Take a few moments in a point of reflection. In just a minute, I'll invite you to come forward for communion. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For wherever you, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is the consistent element that we all need. And when Jesus asks us to remember, he asks us to remember his presence in our life. He asks us to remember those moments where he was present in the past and and now bring that back to a central point of our life today. This is the consistent element, this consistent living relationship with Jesus Christ that we must have. And I promise you, if you have a consistent, living, growing relationship, you will see some new revelation and some change in your life and and have the revelation that you need to prepare you for any new season of life that's going to come your way. And so at this time, uh, we're going to transition to our moment of communion. For those of you that, um, I'll say again, for those of you that are uh, not members here at our church, we have open communion. All of you are welcome to participate. Um, the way we do it is a little bit unique. Um, we'll have everybody here come to this middle aisle. They'll come, they'll pull a piece of bread off, and they'll dip it into the cup, and they'll move on um, back to that side and to their seats. Um, I always love to stand over here to the side. If you would be in need of prayer, it would be my privilege to pray for you uh, before or right after you take your communion. Um, so uh, at this time, as you're ready, you're, you're all invited to come forward and partake of communion together.